Okay, I'm downloading your little uh, totally bullshit files. Not very many. Nope. Me either. This Cameron, I mean, I should save it for the show, but this is regarded as his breakthrough album. And I'm not exactly impressed. Give the boomers what they want. I guess. Okay, Billy. Hey, hey, hey! It's that show again. It's that time again. It's uh, Monday morning and come or Tuesday morning coming at you hot. It's a hot, <laughs> piping, fresh new episode of your favorite it's a hot podcast. One. <laughs> yeah give me that uh man i was it's too bad that mabim bam already has the perfect bit about smooth too because uh <laughs> otherwise that would be ripe ground for comedy anyway as you probably guessed this is a show about artists that may be misunderstood recognize or dismissed and it's called think outside the box set and i'm nathan hunt i'm cameron dewitt we think that billy joel we thought that Billy Joel was misunderstood and that maybe he was actually great. And uh, how many more albums do we have left? Oh, boy. I don't even want to think of I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's important that we find out right now. Okay. Uh, well, what number are we on right now? Tell me. Because he's, he's got 13 studio albums. Oh, my God. We How did we one, not talk two, about this? Three, four, five. Yeah, this is the fifth one. <laughs> Oh no, we're I was, doing this for, oh, oh my no. god. I was just so distracted by the fact that he stopped making new music in 1993 that I didn't even think about how many are in between. 13 is a lot. That's going to be uh, one of our longest seasons, it is. Nathan. Damn. Okay. Oops. Um the, the the premise of course is that Billy Joel is sort of the avatar of uh the musical avatar of boomerism. Yeah. Um uh and the 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 musical avatar of Spoonerism would be Jilly Bull, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> Man, if I have uh, too many um, tacos, I got a real Jilly Bull. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Take that how you will. Well, been there. <laughs> oh man, we um, should watch Oliver and Company for a bonus episode. How fun would that be? Is that all Billy Joel? That's music? all Billy Joel music, baby. Or at least he's now Nathan. We still he also played a character. Ooh, eight, playing himself. He played the character dog. Dodger. Yeah, he's a he's a doggy dog. I'm Billy Joel, I'm your dog. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> You're the okay. dog now, man. Well, <laughs> so Billy Joel, th- this this album is his breakout album. You told me before we started recording. That's and supposedly what it so, is. I think. I think it's kind of a stinker. Like I, I don't know. I really just don't like it. <laughs> it's his first top ten album, certified multi platinum, and reach reached number two on the charts, outselling Simon and Garfunkel's "Bridge Over Troubled Water," Columbia's previous best selling album. Yeah, Damn. I, I really feel like it's it's so far. It, it seems to be the height of his sort of sappy, kind of nostalgic laced, like sighing. <laughs> like i don't know yeah sad um sad and bittersweet and like i don't know schmaltzy. it's just like tapping into something that yeah it's schmaltzy yeah scenes from an italian restaurant there's, there's sort of this like boomer nihilism of just like you know we like 
we there's this american dream and then like we we all believe in it but is it really there in the first place but it's but but it's it's, it, it's not grounded it in any reality can, it's not it's yeah, not grounded it conf- in like a critique of the power structures or economics or like political structures that are causing the american dream to not be real it's just kind of like yeah eh, free-floating it doesn't subvert it it just sort of confirms it and like uh at the end of the day like it's it's all sort of a dream and it doesn't really mean anything but you gotta you gotta engage with it and you gotta do it at the end of the day we're all americans Um, yeah so yeah it's very different than a like you know bruce springsteen way of engaging with the american dream you know yeah so yeah yeah i born down in a dead man town value to say yes i agree there's not much in the lyrics here um and the music i found I wasn't going to, uh, I don't know if I'd say boring, but it's like, it's pretty similar to what we've heard from him before. Yeah. Except for there's no, almost no synthesizers. If any, I don't think there might yeah. be, there might be no synthesizers and uh, there's all these delightfully dorky moments of synthesizing in the past couple albums specifically that have been really nice. And, uh, yeah, just none of that. Um, there's a few songs that are just too long in this. Oh, there's more than <laughs> a are, few. They're trying to be like one act plays. Uh, oh, more than one act. Like there's a bluffs. there's a full time. There's a full on uh, three act song in this album, if not four acts. I guess it's a three act and then like an epilogue. But it's it's like freaking prog yeah, rock, I'm, but I'm worse somehow if you can it. believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. boy! So, um, did we say the title well, of the album? Nineteen seventy-seven, the stranger, the stranger. Yeah, stranger danger, Cameron. Stranger danger. I, I agree. Danger of bo- being bored. <laughs> exactly. It's a stranger, a boring stranger with boring candy in a boring van, and nothing happens in it. Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! Making That's some edgy joke. jokes over here. I'm just like draw. <laughs> <laughs> real edge lord i just like i don't know i don't know what to say about this and i'm worried that i'm worried that i'm going to be really boring because this album's so goddamn boring and then i'm just gonna like turn to some lazy humor or like i don't know talk about my penis like i used to in like the first season of this ding of this dong podcast. bing bong and all that shit uh yeah, yeah i don't know should we talk should we talk about moving out anthony's song i guess so oh sorry i was queuing it up in the wrong place Oops, damn it. Okay, cut this out. <laughs> I'm not cutting it okay. out. I Keep it in, triple it. <laughs> you are. Okay. Here we go. Give you a heart attack. You wanna know by now. Who needs a house out in Hackensack? Is that all you get for your money? And it seems such a waste of time. That's what it's all about. Mama, if that's moving up, then I... It's so soft. It's just such flaccid rock. It's like, he he really is like putting a lot of like rock and roll like attitude and swagger into it, but it's just so, so soft. You know what I mean? It's like... What do you think about... What do you think about him singing... Do not like 
Um, I would like it if it were a reference to Mars Attacks, but that movie came out like Mars 20 attacks. years after this album. Mars Attack, 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 Attack. Well, you know, the, the aliens just say, ah, 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 ah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were inspired by uh, moving out. Maybe they only listened to Billy Joel, and maybe they only listened to this song, and that's why they wanted to exterminate humanity. Anthony works in the grocery store, saving his pennies for someday. Mama Leone left a note on the door. Said she said, "Sonny, move out to the country. Working too hard can give you a heart attack." Sorry, I'm gonna make make sure I get as many of these syllables during the genius. A heart attack. Ack 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 ack. That's five acts after the initial attack. <clears throat> Working too hard can give you a heart attack. Ack 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 ack. You ought to know by now. Who needs a house out in Hackensack? Is that all you get for your money? So. So what kind of critique is he making here? Anthony, yeah, so Anthony, apparently, according to the genius annotation, is not based on a real individual, but a representation of, and then in quotes, and I don't know who's being quoted here, hmm. I guess maybe Billy Joel, every Irish, Polish, and Italian kid trying to make a living in the U.S. Uh, that is a Billy Joel quote, yeah. So I, I think... <laughs> I think what we're witnessing here is is an undue amount of sort of sympathy and like for for people who are being absorbed into generic whiteness. Right. That's yeah. That's and, definitely a part of it. And. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of these songs are about, is about the absorption into whiteness, but it's not, once again, it's like, it's not quite subversive. It's like he doesn't seem to know and that's what it's about. Exactly. It's like, it doesn't see the, okay, here's here's the issue. Here's the issue, I think, mm. is that he he's sort of saying that this is a an issue with sort of default American culture. Um as if everyone's sort of struggling with this and everyone is like white. Um, yeah. But other communities aren't struggling with these sort of like listless, like purposeless kind of issues mm-hmm. in the same way as like white America in this time because they have like higher context cultures and they ha- actually have to like depend on each other and they have like traditions and. Um, I feel like he's speaking to the sort of um, dissolution of, I mean, the, the whole idea of him saying this is about every Polish, Italian, like, or, or Irish kid, um, that that is, he's lumping them all together. And he's, and he's sort of talking about how their, their cultures are being sort of dissolved. Um, but he's not he's not really saying that the issue is that uh they're they're buying into whiteness Mm -hmm. he's sort of saying that the issue is this sort of broader thing that doesn't necessarily know any sort of like racial boundaries and and isn't putting like whiteness on you know uh, on trial Mm-hmm. even though i feel like it's yeah it's what you're saying like i don't he knows that there's a problem but i don't think he's actually saying anything subversive yeah i and, think and no it, go ahead sorry 
it's making it seem like it's like this like zoomed out like sort of human issue when it's really this very specific issue of sort of generic American whiteness. Yeah, there's definitely that's definitely a, a huge um, component of this. I think also just the economics of this situation is it is another huge component of it. Um, it reminds me a lot of the. I don't know if the stage musical does this, but the movie version definitely does of, um, no, maybe it's the stage version. Does it more of little shop of horrors where they're, they have these, these characters who are just toiling in just like these dead end jobs and just barely scraping by. And then there is a, there's like a way out in the form of this plant. Right. Um, and the characters have these dreams and they think, Oh, are we're going to achieve our dreams by, uh, like subverting ourselves to the to the whims of this plant, and then the musical literally ends with a song called I think it's called "Don't Feed the Plants." And uh-huh. I the last time I saw it, I was like, "Wow, this is like a really shitty message to say." Like, don't try to escape your situation; just like keep toiling away, I guess, and maybe you'll eventually achieve this dream of someplace green. Um, so that, that's kind of what it feels like to me is like, he's like Billy Joel is kind of condemning the people who are trying to quote unquote, get ahead or quote unquote, be a success, uh, while he's not seeing that the system is the one that is exploiting them and denying them opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's, he's kind of like, it's kind of yeah, victim blaming. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't feel like the lyrics are even really good enough to communicate that. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like they really track like yeah. the verse one is about anthony and mama leon and verse two is about sergeant o'leary um oh, the poor cop of, the real he's right. he's the real avatar of uh the downtrodden working class he's definitely not the downtrodder right. of the working class he's definitely not a tool yes. of the powerful that is designed to uh stamp out unions and uh oppress poor people and protect private capital no he's definitely a victim here uh-huh so it's like the different verses are about different characters but then the chorus is the same and it says mama if that's moving up then i'm moving out and it's like what does well, that mean exactly <laughs> and like the and 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 the first verse is like it's saying mama leone is telling anthony to move out to the country um, and he's saying, well, if that's what you think I should do, then I'm moving out. But she is saying to move out. It, it just uh, like, doesn't yeah. track. Like, I don't, <laughs> how, how do you buy a house in the country with no money though? Is the thing <laughs> you're going to have to work uh, yeah. too hard for that money to afford that house, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the chorus is really unclear. It's like he says, and it seems such a waste of time. If that's what it's all about, mama, if that's moving up, then I'm moving out. I'm moving out. Is he like, I don't know, it, it it sort of kind of evokes the, the hippie like dropping out imagery, but he doesn't really seem to go through with it or really wrestle with like what that would mean in this case. Yep. Yeah. Um, not, not a great song. I mean, it's, it's upbeat and catchy. I think Billy Joel definitely has a gift for earworms. Um, that might be his most star making quality maybe is just like these songs really get stuck in your head yeah sure yeah mm-hmm. 
uh, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite version, I don't have a sound sample of this, but my favorite version of the repetition of syllables comes in verse three where he skips the first few lines and he says, you should never argue with a crazy mind, 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 mind. Yeah. Doesn't go for the act there. <laughs> no. And it sounds, it sounds pretty clumsy where he has to repeat mind, 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 mind. Yeah. It sounds like the, the dang seagulls from, uh, from finding Nemo. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want maybe to be- also, <laughs> maybe also based on this song. Could be. Man, this song has inspired so many movie characters. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the stranger? Uh, the, the song, the titular song, the sho- shoulders, the shoulders of giants and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the stranger. Ooh, there's seven. We share so many secrets. Oh. There are some we never tell. Why were you? so surprised that you never saw the stranger stranger you ever let your lover see the stranger in yourself don't be afraid to try again everyone goes south every now and then yep well we all have to have a face that we hide away forever and we take them out and show ourselves when everyone has gone some are satin some are steel some are silk and some are leather they're the faces of a stranger but we love to try them on um poetry poetry cameron speaking of movies speaking of uh if i have seen further than ordinary men it is because i have stood on the shoulders of piano men um (laughs) do you know what this reminds me of is ben stein's character in the mask do you remember that? Do you remember this guy? I don't remember. Ben Stein before he was a uh, noted lunatic and is he an anti-Semite? <laughs> he probably is. Um, he's definitely uh, bigoted in a lot of ways, if I remember right. Uh, but he used to do some acting and he appears in The Mask, the Jim Carrey vehicle, um, as a, an academic. I think he's a psychologist or a psychiatrist maybe. And he has a book called like the masks we wear or something. And he has a scene where he talks about like, yeah, you know, so you, you know, you wear a, a one mask for your friend and another mask at work. And we all wear these masks. And when I was, you know, I guess seven years old, six years old, that seemed very deep to me. And this song is essentially that mm-hmm. only not as good. Cause he doesn't actually use the metaphor of a mask. Uh, and he just, talks about the stranger instead and it's very unclear what that means i guess it's like the true self that doesn't um doesn't have that's like unfiltered or something but but it's unclear because he's like we all have a face that we hide hide away forever and we take them out and show ourselves when everyone has gone so he, he goes from singular a face that we hide away from ever and then he says we take them out plural and show ourselves when everyone has gone some are satin, some are steel, some are silk, and some are leather. You don't think he's using the, the singular they, the, the <laughs> genderless they? <laughs> I wish. I wish. You don't think he's making a comment about gender? No, because the next line he says, they're the faces of a stranger, but we'd love to try them on. Okay. You don't so think par- that's the singular? <laughs> yeah. The singular plural of The faces. singular plural, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are the faces. Uh, <laughs> we're just referring to one. <laughs> Oh boy, grammar's fun, isn't it? It's it sure it surely is. Surely it is. Um Yeah, so I guess the stranger is like the true self or something. That that's just it's like a boring idea to me. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe this made more sense. Once again, it's maybe maybe it made more sense in 1977, where I guess there was like more pressure to conformity and like keeping up appearances and stuff. I mean, I still feel like there's some of that pressure. I don't know. I feel like in some ways the 70s was like even more liberated for at least some people. Sure. Um, what do you think about this lyric? Once I used to believe I was such a great romancer. Then I came home to a woman that I could not recognize. When I pressed her for a reason, she refused to even answer. It was then I felt the stranger kick me right between the eyes. Ooh, wow. Exciting. Um, hmm. I mean... Isn't that such a strange metaphor to be kicked in between the eyes? Yeah, that's like the bridge of your nose or something, I guess. Like, it evokes some sort of, like, kung fu. Like, it's really hard to kick someone between (laughs) Between the the eyes eyes if they're standing up. Yeah, if you're both of the same height. Yeah. Maybe maybe this inspired this the the scene in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. I'll kick you right between the eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is. Um, it was not then good. I felt this the stranger cut off three of my <laughs> limbs and leave me burning next to a river of lava. Yeah, that's uh, he had to cut it down a little lyric. bit. <laughs> uh, um, and then say you were the chosen one. Yeah, you were supposed to be the piano man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's not good. I mean, I feel like there's a kernel of an idea that could be something interesting here. Like if it were more specific and more fleshed out where he like talks about how, uh, how, how much do you really know someone even if you're romantically involved with them and you like come home and you see them doing something that you would have never expected they do, whether it's like, you know, an actual betrayal, like the trope of someone coming home and seeing their partner cheating on them, or whether it's just like they are dancing and singing a song. They've been wearing a Mission Impossible mask this whole time. (laughs) It was John Voight the whole time. (laughs) No, no. John Voight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I feel like that, that could be something good there, but it isn't. But yeah, it's also t- at the the end of the song. You may never understand how the stranger is inspired. I definitely okay. don't <laughs> uh, understand but, that. <laughs> you may never understand, uh, but he isn't always evil, and he is not always wrong. Huh? Though you drown in good intentions, you will never quench the fire. You'll give in to the your desire when the stranger comes along. Uh, <sighs> that's bad. That's not good. So. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I feel like there's, once once again, <laughs> um, this could be a good song if it's talking about, like, I don't know, like, nonconformity. Um, if the ways that you don't want to conform are, like, actually helpful or, like, you need to be... If it's actually a song about queering the space, yeah. that could be uh-huh. good. But I feel like this is a song about, like, uh, white, anchorless id. Yeah, I think that's... And, I think um, you're onto something. And, and, and specifically male. I mean, because he says, like, ultimately this is about, like, um, I don't know, male repression and how, like, at any minute we can, like, 
fucking go crazy. Yeah. And that's the way it is. Although it's, it, it <laughs> does happen to, for women, though, too, because... Don't go to therapy. Yeah, don't go to... You might unleash the beast. Wow. Uh, although it does happen for women, because he comes home to a woman that he could not recognize. Right. Yeah. That was also the stranger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the stranger is a man. He makes sure to helpfully point that out. Yeah. He isn't always evil, and he is not always wrong. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to just move on? Just the way you are. Probably. We never could have come this far. I took the good times So smooth Oh boy, it's like elevator music I take you just the way you are So a thing that's kind of fucked up is that uh, elevator music, as far as I understand, is is based on bossa nova music All of it? Um, Like the girl from Ipanema like a lot of it is like originally. And so it's become, uh, it's become synonymous in a lot of people's minds with bossa, bossa Nova music, which is actually smooth and like, you know, smooth like, in a compelling way. You mean it, smooth in a compelling like a Santana way, way. And, uh, like si- and a Rob like Thomas six, way, uh, six inches from the sun. Yeah. The midday <laughs> the sun, midday Cameron. Sun. <laughs> Let's be specific here. Midday sun. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I, yeah, and hmm. and bossa nova is very good music, yeah. and then people have like made it small in their minds as being like elevator music. I did not know that because they sort of appropriated it for its like calmness. I I always just thought of elevator music as essentially like the, easy the listening. Girl from Ipanema, yeah, but like people, I think yeah, I I think the issue is that uh, they're. <laughs> the easy listening of sort of like what people thought was easy listening about bossa nova music Ah. and then they took away all of the like um you know polyrhythms and they took away the sort of like they just kept the most boring chord extensions and (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah it's like a, a weird minstrelsy um and and now people think that that music is like shitty punchline music when actually it's like amazing mm-hmm. like the girl from ipanema the ultimate elevator song that song is that f- song fucking rules so there's a lot i, I didn't know, know about anyway, elevator music like, it turns out <laughs> i mean i, yeah, I can't like, remember the last I, time i heard elevator music in an elevator <laughs> i guess i was conflating it with like department store um just like instrumental midi versions of songs right yeah well, uh, uh, just the way you are. I yeah, I think this song is a real nap and not in a good, refreshing way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, apparently to, to call it to call it a nap would be like giving it like at least naps are good and useful and help you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Billy Joel told the Today Show in 2005 that this is his cringe song because quote it was written about somebody who said I said I love you and that's forever. It lasted about ten years. Uh, Ouch. Billy Joel's a bit of a serial monogamist, isn't he? Yes. We talked about this. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's another another aspect of uh, his generation is like a lot of people really believing in marriage over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Just over and over and over again. 
<laughs> yeah, and then like uh and and a lot of people that aren't necessarily like very devout or religious um but like have sort of received the uh, that that marriage is still sort of normalized, mm-hmm. you know. And then yeah, like they sort of look down on like our our generation for not not settling down and it's like well why do you think we (laughs) yeah (laughs) why do you think we're being so cautious Mm -hmm. it's almost like we've seen it uh go really badly a lot Mm -hmm. from a certain generation Mm. um so this is it's i don't know i on the one hand it's it seems like kind of a sweet song he begins with, don't go changing to try and please me. You never let me down before. Don't imagine you're too familiar and I don't see you anymore. Uh, I think that's a connected thought. He's like, you shouldn't imagine or you shouldn't think that you're too familiar to me and don't think that I don't see you anymore. I don't know. I would not leave you in times of trouble. We could never have come this far. I took the good times. I'll take the bad times. I'll take you just the way you are. Like, that's that's not bad. That's fairly sweet. Um, then refrain two is where he gets really shitty and naggy because he says, I don't want clever conversation. I never want to work that hard. I just want someone that I can talk to. I want you just the way you are. So don't don't go trying to have like a thought in your head or like converse with me. Don't try to like, you know, relate to me on an intellectual level. level. I don't want to work that hard for just you. If you try to like grow or evolve, I'm not going to follow you there. I feel like you're doing. <laughs> I feel like you're doing this just to make, just because you think that I'm not interested enough. Uh, and it's it's definitely about me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, don't don't do that. Oh, you're getting your PhD. It must be about me, huh? You don't you yeah. don't have to impress me, <laughs> dummy? <laughs> I I mean, he's he's not being quite that mean but it it is like if you actually think about what he's saying for a second you're like wow that is a super shitty thing to say to someone yeah right afterwards he says i need to know that you will always be the same old someone that i knew (laughs) yeah that's a great thing to tell to someone in in a relation that you're in a relationship with it's like don't change don't grow i want you to uh stay exactly the same so, I mean, he takes the Don't idea... Don't think about it too much. Here's a saxophone solo. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, like, there, there is a sweet version of this song where he says, I want you just the way you are, that is very affirming and says, like, I love you how you are, and I don't want you to, like, try to conform to what you think I want you to be. I don't want you to, like, try to live up to the culture's idea of what it means to be, like, a partner or anything like that. But that's not what he writes. He writes, like stay the same he writes a song about you shouldn't change or grow because then i might not like you is kind of the dark implication yeah in verse two he says don't go try in some new fashion don't change the color of your hair what the (laughs) fuck dude (laughs) yeah it's is very controlling um it's kind of a bummer it kind of it kind of reminds me of there's this episode of mad men um where they're trying to market uh, Heineken, I believe, as sort of a. I think the angle they go, they they go for is, hey, like housewives, um, you should buy Heineken. It's like kind of the new, 
the new chic thing to to serve mm-hmm. instead of wine or mixed drinks is actually beer and it's Heineken. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a classy thing to do. Um, and I feel like then, that's still their angle on their ads. Right. But like that, the episode is sort of about, they're like, what if we, what if we try to market beer as a classy choice? Mm-hmm. Um, and we specifically market it to housewives. And then, uh, they're having some sort of client dinner over at, you know, Don Draper's house. Um, and what, what is the name of his first wife? Betty. Betty. Thank you. Yeah. Um, she, she had, she comes in and she's like, Hey, I I was thinking that we could have these new beers that everyone's talking about. Oh Um, yeah. And like, and then Don Draper and like the clients or the his coworkers or whatever sort of like look at each other and like you know make have like a knowing glance and but it's it's in such a way that like makes her feel really shitty and like played. yeah um, it's very patronizing and yeah they're like oh you you didn't this isn't actually something you want to do this is something we told you to think yeah um, <laughs> when it's like. Well, it is fine. It is fine to like say like, "Hey, I'm going to be classy, and I'm and and I'm going to decide what classiness is in my house in this evening, and I'm going to serve what I want to serve." Like ultimately, even if she got that idea from like, even if marketing worked on her, like it doesn't mean that it's not true or that it's all a lie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me. <laughs> of that like specifically that verse like don't try a new fashion yeah you know like yeah hmm. means you're just a tool you pretty much if you ask me billy jill's the tool at least in this song yeah i don't know yeah i think so too you want to let's talk about mm, his best song his best song <laughs> scenes from an italian restaurant Sorry, before we get into the song, I uh, I was looking over at Wikipedia because it has some interesting tidbits about the song, and I realized about the previous song, uh, just the way you are. He wrote it for his wife. That's what he was referring to when he said that it lasted ten years. Uh, but he originally wanted to not put it on the album because he called it a gloppy ballad, and uh, you know. First thought, best thought, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is definitely not true, but it is true in this case. (laughs) Gloppy. That's a hell of a word. All right. uh, So this is Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Seven and a half minutes. Over seven and a half minutes. Seven minutes, 37 seconds. It is actually three mini songs, which apparently have titles according to Wikipedia. The first is called The Italian Restaurant Song. The second is called Things Are Okay in Oyster Bay. And the third is called The Ballad of Brenda and Eddie. Yep. Yep. So this... Synopsize them all. This one, I think, came from The Ballad of Brenda and Eddie because it's like the main part of the song. So the first one is like this sentimental thing where um, it's, it's very nostalgic. We'll get a table near the street in our old familiar place, you and I face to face. I'll meet you anytime you want in our Italian restaurant. 
when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. <laughs> I've showed you the version of that from Walk Hard, right? The Dewey Cox story. Uh, I don't think so. It's it's like it's a tick off on the um the Johnny Cash audition scene from Walk the Line, I think. But he plays that's a moray in like a country western style. It's fantastic. Oh, everyone, it'll be in the show notes. Everyone should check it out. Um, it also has some extremely over the top jokes about uh the the trope of Jews controlling the entertainment industry. Uh, so they the way that they spoof that, I believe the writers are Jewish and the director, but the way that they spoof that is by having Harold Ramis and um. Oh, uh, a couple other guys, but definitely Harold Ramis is there like wearing like, uh, the, the garb of a Hasid and like the, the four locks and like the big hat. And he's talking in like this super exaggerated accent. So heads up for that. <laughs> that's why they're, that's why that's in the scene. <laughs> Cause otherwise okay, in, out of context, it's, it'd be very weird to come across that. Um, all right, so that's that's the first uh, mini song, the Italian restaurant song. Uh, second is "Things Are Okay in Oyster Bay," and it's basically the same uh, thought as the first song. It's like catching up with an old friend. Um, lost touch long ago. You lost weight. I did not know you could ever look so nice after so much time. Um, and then there's specific nostalgia. Remember those days hanging out at the village green engineer boots, leather jackets, and tight blue jeans. Oh, you drop a dime in the box, play the song about new Orleans, cold beer, hot lights, my sweet romantic teenage nights. Ugh. Cameron, if anyone can write Yuck. the words, my sweet romantic teenage nights in a song with a straight face, I feel like they should be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve <laughs> getting canceled more than anyone else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's a certain amount of nostalgia that one should be allowed to have about being a teenager, but, but it not in those words. Look like <laughs> it, it shouldn't be like, oh man, teenage sex and love was the best. I wish I could get back to that. <laughs> if you if you have that attitude, then you've done something wrong. That's something horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing for another song. A couple a uh, couple places later on this album, actually. Um. Yeah, and then there's the ballad of Brenda and oh Eddie. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. And it's uh, it's a real Jack and Diane situation, um, like the song J- "Ballad of Jack and Diane." Here's a little ditty about Brenda and Eddie. Uh, <laughs> They're the popular steadies and the king and the queen of the prom. Sucking on chili dogs, right around with the car top down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sucking on chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i think it's a single so, sucking yeah, then, on a chili dog outside the tasty freeze <laughs> people do not talk uh, enough about how insane that song is <laughs> also how bleak the chorus is oh yeah life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone <laughs> holy shit albert camus over here or jean paul sartre is one of those bleak existentialists god damn Man, is the song really called Sucking on Chili Dogs? That's not the name of the song, you dummy. It's, it's the it's uh I think it's it's either called The Ballad of Jack and Diane or just Jack and Diane. I'm looking it up. I have to know. Yeah, it's called Jack and Diane. 
Yeah. I just like did a Google search and um, it Google w- had me believe for a minute that the song was called John Mellencamp's Second on no, that, instead, that's a description of what he does every day. <laughs> that's just a correct sentence. Whoa, holy shit. I did not realize how risque some of these lyrics are. That Which brings new light to the to the sucking on chili dog. Sucking on chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. <laughs> Diane's sitting in Jackie's lap. He's got his hand between her knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks slacks. Now do what I please. Woo-hoo-hoo. Spicy. And then he, and that right directly after that, he hits you with life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Do you know what is not uh, horny to me? The idea of um, having any sort of sexual inter- interaction after eating a chili dog. <laughs> yeah. And a exactly. tasty freeze. Exactly. I don't want to oh even God. look at somebody for at least 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm too disgusted. Yeah. Oh my god! Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Um, oh from wait, this wait, lady and before a we pass song. Before we get, to, there's one last thing, uh, an important moment from this song. Yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, uh, rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll. If you go to the genius, there is a hilarious gif uh, annotated to that lyric. Ooh, let me see. He's doing a real uh, Tim Curry just wiggle waggle vibe thing. Oh yeah, look at him go. <laughs> He's got no bones. Billy Joel is made of rubber. Let's start dang, that conspiracy theory now. Seven a dang conniption. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Oh wait, no, no, actually, one more, one more thing. Oh no, is that he doesn't like most of his affected singing most of his singing in this album is like weird and affected. And I think he gets worse at singing. Uh, yes, but that's, that is also foreshadowing for, uh, the song that was also earlier foreshadowed too. I have yeah, something will, to say about play that. The sound sample I took. Oh, Oh, I, you were setting up a sound sample. I didn't realize that. Yes. Lost touch long ago. You lost weight. I did not know. You remember I looked so nice after so much time. Oof. What? How would you even describe that? Is he like trying to do some weird blues voice? I don't know. It bumps me out. I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We we got like 15 minutes left. Yeah, let's skip um, Vienna. I Yeah, I don't give a shit about that song. The only two songs that I kind of kind of want to talk about yeah but not really die young and she's always a woman but at least only the good die young yeah let's talk about exactly um so this is the one that has been foreshadowed a couple times um what was the first bit of foreshadowing oh the sex sexy sex well they showed you a statue told you to pray they built two temple and locked you away ah but they never told you the price that you pay for things that you might have done only the good die young. That's what I said. Only the good 
Billy Joel wants to fuck a Catholic schoolgirl. More news at 11. Yes. <laughs> now, to be, to be oh, more boy. fair, I believe this is set at, at the time when he is the same age as this girl. At least I hope it is. Oh, shit. I yeah, just realized yeah, I, oh, there's, no, there's no indication that... Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I just assumed that he was the same age, but... There's nothing. At the time of this song, I'm 17. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, boy. Yeah, I I think that's a uh, not. I think that's a reasonable read of yeah. this song. Apparently, it's inspired by a high school crush of Billy Joel. Yeah. There you uh, go. He doxes the song her. Was cited as anti-Catholic and was banned by many radio stations. Joel I told, see, told performing songwriter magazine. What the, that's a hell of a magazine performing songwriter. Um, yeah. And he, he said the point of the song wasn't so much anti-Catholic as pro lust. Yeah. I did not know what this song was about. Like I had definitely heard it a hundred thousand times on every radio station forever. Um, but he is trying to convince a Catholic schoolgirl to give up her, uh, devotion to religious, um, abstinence and fuck him come out virginia don't let me wait you catholic girls start much too late ah but sooner or later it comes down to fate i might as well be the one now that's a compelling pitch (laughs) that's a great (laughs) reason to fuck someone might as well i'm I'm gonna lose my virginity some point i like that he also attributes it to fate rather than any agency on the girl's part yeah gross fate bad yeah it's gross, gross. i mean bad. i know he's only doing it to rhyme with late but s- still gross um he does kind of get kind of anti-religious here well they showed you a statue told you to pray they built you a temple and locked you away but they never told you the price that you pay for things that you might have done okay yeah he's definitely like that seems kind of anti-catholic yeah uh i w- i would say that's probably kind of the best part of <laughs> of this song probably is like divorced from the rest of it um you know like like there there's a version of this song that isn't creepy but is, that's actually sex positive and it's just like why yeah. are you like subscribing to this like like if the song was like you obviously want to have sex you know um mm-hmm. and you w- aren't in, yeah like you're not living your best life like it, even if it was like from like a friend to this to this character mhm like what if it was like a girlfriend, you know, singing to uh her, you know, her other girl uh, like one of her girlfriends and it was just like yeah, like you should be like you're just so wrapped up in <laughs> religious uh you know, puritanical ideas and you could be having some sex. So yeah. Mhm. And you clearly want to. So, I don't know. If it was that, I I would be like I don't know, more into the song, but um it is like a manipulative, gross. It's dude. definitely got an agenda. That's for sure. Yes. Um, also, it's it's very weird to have the chorus and the title be "Only the Good Die Young." So that's like that's like a tired old chestnut when like a young person dies. They will like try to comfort the widow and say like, "Oh, that's okay. He's in a better place. Only the good die young." Uh, I guess the idea being that they are so good that God just yoinks them right off the earth, just yeets them right into heaven. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I, I do think that this verse is 
kind of good. Um, Which one? Like well written, verse three. You got a nice white dress and a party on your confirmation. You got a brand new soul and a cross of gold. But Virginia, they didn't give you quite enough information. You didn't count on me when you were counting on your rosary. That's okay. I guess like if it were out of context. In context, it's, I don't know. It's part of the creepy No, it's song. terrible yeah. in context, but like... Um, also, it is not lost on me. Her name is Virginia. Virgin. Virginia. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, only the good die young. Uh, so I guess he's saying that you're not young anymore, so you shouldn't be good? Something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's saying, like, it's a threat. Like, I will kill you <laughs> if you don't, have, if you don't sin. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, it does sort of feel like that. But I think he's saying, like, I think it's a weird argument. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When you click on uh, only the good die young and genie's hand in annotation, the quote is age is only a number from Bernard yeah. Baruch, American financier, stock investor, philanthropist, statesman, and political consultant. I'm fucking downvoting. This. Yeah, I think I already did. Yeah. Um, I have some fun trivia about this song. Only the good die young was written okay. by Joel while opening for the beach boys in Knoxville, Tennessee, at which point it sounded slower pace and more akin to a reggae tune with Joel even singing the song's lyrics in a Jamaican accent. Fun. Good. Yeah. Great. I, we're really missing out on not hearing that. The mood of the song was shifted at the insistence of drummer Liberty DeVito. Thank God for Liberty DeVito who reportedly said to Joel, why yeah. are you singing like that? The closest you've been a Jamaican was the long Island railroad. Pretty good. <laughs> burn. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. I love that story. Thank God for Liberty DeVito, like steering Billy Joel yeah. at least somewhat right and saving him from his worst ideas. Oh, by the way, um, so speaking of his band, uh, there, and, and Liberty DeVito, uh, they take a great little drum fill if you want to play that. Ooh. It's really subtle. So- Darling, only the good die. Yeah, that's it. It's just like it's a very non-quantized drum fill. You know, it's uh, 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 uh. It, it slows down, but the tempo of the song, the pulse continues. Yeah, um, I, I just rules. think it's like a nice little moment. Yeah, uh, and then the other sound sample. Is, there's a lot of weird bass business from from our dear old uh, Doug Stegmeyer, who we normally stand, but mm-hmm. in this we stand a legend instance, he's. He's doing some really, some really questionable stuff. If mm. you want to play that. White dress and a party on your confirmation. You got a brand new soul. And The headphones I'm listening to are He's doing constant ascending slides on the offbeats. He's going... Oh, I think that's and, the guitar uh, player, actually. You think it's a guitar player? I think he's doing it on like a couple of the lower strings on the guitar, yeah. Oh, well, I feel like Doug is always playing with a, a very trebly bass without a lot of like bass presence mm. and uh, always playing high up on the neck. Um, but you, you may be right. Either way, I think it's... <laughs> You may be right. Tasteless. I may be crazy, but it just might be a lunatic you're looking for. That's a that's a Billy Joel song we're gonna get to. 
you appear to oh, not recognize it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Well, I I'm fine with closing closing up shop. Yeah, I'll one. just. There, there's a song. She's she's always a woman, which is basically can be summed up in the old time music uh, floating verse. Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Show me a woman that a man can trust. Which is one of my least favorite traditional music lyrics. Yep. In the American canon, uh, and I never sing it. Um, but that's basically that song, but stretched out over a few minutes. Yep. Uh, he apparently also wrote that for his wife his then wife who was also his manager um the annotation says she was a tough and savvy negotiator who was thus seen as quote unfeminine by many business adversaries but joel wrote this as a sardonic dismissal um but the only thing i want to say about it is i think men should be banned from using the word woman it's just every time they use it it's just <laughs> not good <laughs> don't do mm. <laughs> Also, the word girl and child. <laughs> men should not be allowed to use these words. Men should only speak of other men. <laughs> or just gender oh, indeterminate they. Maybe my least favorite version of um, is uh, Bob Dylan, just like a woman. Oh, God. She makes love just like a woman, but she breaks just like a little girl. No. It's not good. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can stop there. Not a great album. It's 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 sort of like the Bechdel test, but it's sort of like the out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I need for, for a movie to be good for there to be like two men talking to each other and not talking about a woman. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the true reverse Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with uh, 1978's 52nd Street, uh, which is a place I've been, not to brag, humble brag, New York City. Huh? Um, in the meantime, you can visit us online at boxit.website. Email us at email at boxit.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Uh, you can go on iTunes and write us a review. Don't cost nothing. Yeah, it's just totally fine. You just go there, click those stars, or like type some words. It's great. Helps us and it makes you feel real good. Um, you can also join our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. If you want to support us directly to help us keep making the show, you can go to support.boxset.website. Uh, you should also consider taking a listen, taking a look at Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. Um, one of our longtime pals, Albin, was oh, recently yeah. on the show and it ruled. Yeah. Delight- delightful episode full of. Uh Sort of full of Swedish music and uh, also an all cops are bastards traditional song bonus yep. track at the very end. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> go go check that out. It's a, it's a hoot. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt and I'm going to get yeeted right into heaven. <laughs> I can't do it and I'm sucking on chili dogs. <laughs> sucking on my chili dogs like you wanted me. Calling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I when is John when is that John Mellencamp uh, Peaches collab gonna gonna drop? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine all of the time.
Like sex on the beaches? What else is in the Ballad of Jack and Diane? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh. 